Welcome to Talking Business. In this series of podcasts, I hope to give you some ideas based on over 40 years working for various organizations in industry. In series one of Talking Business, we're going to look at your big project, avoiding the mistakes of others. This is the project that is going to change the face of your organization. Welcome to part 12. The day has finally dawned. And so the great day has arrived. The day we've all been waiting for. Or in some cases, the day we dread. Because this is where the rubber hits the road. Implementation, go live, launch day. Lots of names meaning exactly the same thing. D-Day. Now, D could be for destiny. This could be your destiny of the wonderful new future. And if you've followed everything I've suggested, it may well be. But it can also be disaster day. Call it what you want. This is the moment when all your months of work turn into reality. If you've done everything properly, as I said, it should be a great success. But if you haven't, this is where the messy stuff will hit the fan. Now, let's be honest, it's unlikely that everything will be perfect. Even if you have done the job properly, there may be a few flaws. But they should be minor flaws. They should be things that don't cause you real pain. They should be things that enable you to transact with your customers. If you can transact with your customers, you will retain your business. Your staff will be able to work reasonably normal hours. And you, well, you'll be able to go to sleep at night for the first time in a long time. There are two bodies of opinion. Should we have Big Bang or should we have a phased rollout? Many people like Big Bang because it's macho. It means that it all happens to everybody at exactly the same moment. Now, if your business is relatively small or based at only one location, then Big Bang is probably the only option. However, a business with multiple locations has the luxury of a phased rollout. Now, what are the benefits of a phased rollout? It allows you to stop if things are going wrong. It allows you to measure your progress as you go along. It allows you to introduce your new functionality in a phased way. The choice, however, is yours. Now let's look at an example of a rollout. SAP for OTC Systems, the project was from 1996 to 1998 for a global chemical company with a large customer base. It was to replace an existing outdated and millennium bug-prone system with a new solution. The solution was the implementation of SAP for all order-to-cash systems and sales reporting using SAP SIS tables. The implementation retained the existing mainframe and core database systems in light of known issues elsewhere. And as I've said before, this was one of the best projects I've ever worked on. It was long, it was hard, but it was a success. 
and it improved the customer experience. This project was a phased rollout. We decided right at the beginning that to roll out the whole of the country at the same moment was risking disaster. Interestingly enough, because the project had one of the best project teams I have ever seen, comprised of true experts in every discipline, we had very few flaws. And the biggest issue we had was we weren't able to invoice our customers for the first few days, owing to an interface issue with our mailing house. We could take orders, we could deliver orders, we could price the orders correctly, we could generate invoices in our system. We just couldn't get them into the post. We were therefore able to transact with our customers normally, and the only downside to us was a couple of days of cash flow. As I say, the project was a great success because it had the right team. Every person on that team was a real expert, highly motivated to get it right. The amount of testing and checking of data was second to none. Management allowed the team to get on with the job. All management did was remove the roadblocks. They followed the process as laid out on day one of the project. They never deviated. They delivered on budget and on time and they enabled the business to reach the improvement goals that the business had set. Compare that with the next system that went live, SAP for OTC systems in the United States in 2002. For the same large global chemical company with a large customer base to move from a legacy system to SAP and implement the SAP template as developed in other successful implementations and in line with global best practice. Bad parts of the project were that the project team wasn't interested in the global angle, so didn't consult with those who went before. They made changes without regard to the effect on other businesses. They made a fundamental change to their pricing, which caused absolute and utter chaos. And they didn't stop rolling out, even though they had a phased rollout programme, when catastrophe struck. They thought they could work their way round it. Why was this a disastrous implementation? A lack of understanding of, I think, the business, but more importantly, of the system that they were putting in. They believed that they knew it all and didn't need help. And anyone who believes that they know it all definitely doesn't know it all. They made radical changes to the way they operated as part of the project, for example, pricing. Changes that they didn't fully understand. They didn't use system features in the way that they were designed to be used. And then they kept rolling out, even though they had a disaster on their hands. Then there was SAP for OTC systems in South Africa from 2005 to 2008 for a global chemicals company, to replace an obsolete IT system. Here they were implementing an existing proven global template in their business, and the system worked. What was bad? Most of it. And the business didn't follow global guidance. They didn't understand the changes in business practice needed to implement the system. That was probably their biggest issue. And, to cap it all, they ran a price increase during go-life. The price increase worked perfectly. 
Why was it such a disaster? They delayed their implementation a number of times because they knew that they had problems. And therefore they reached the now or never moment. You see, when you reach the now or never moment, it doesn't mean that you're ready. But it does mean that if you wait any longer, you will never go live. The quality of their staff. There were a few brilliant people, but others, complete waste of space. They didn't understand that SAP was an integrated system. What they didn't understand was it didn't operate as batch processes, running one after another. And if there's something wrong in the first batch process, you can change it so that the next batch process is correct. They didn't understand that with SAP, the moment you touched one thing, it rippled immediately, instantaneously throughout the whole system. The concept of a day's work in a day was alien to them. At one site, the person who received the goods in only updated the goods received on the last day of the month, even though goods had been coming in every day during the month. And therefore the system showed that they were out of stock, even though they had a yard full of stock. They wasted time and resources in developing functionality that was not needed. It was never needed. It was incredibly complex. It was never properly tested and it was never implemented. And a company that had excellent customer service, a company that for years had been able to charge a premium for their services because they always were stars of customer service. Their customer service fell off a cliff. Their competitors had a field day. Which of those was the worst? Actually, I don't think either of those was the worst that I've seen because I think the next one was probably the worst. An SAP template implementation in country B in 2012 for a large industrial supply company. They were implementing an SAP global template to replace an old local system. This implementation exposed many of the issues in the business that had been hidden by the legacy systems, and that was a benefit. Bad was the failure to capitalise on the functionality brought by the new system. Lack of appreciation of the changes required to existing processes. Their training was a joke. They had complex tax requirements. The local IT team ignored global instructions. And they didn't believe me when I suggested in a comparison, that they were going the same way as the Titanic. It was another disaster. Where do I start? They didn't understand the way the business operates. Now, if they'd had process maps of everything they did, they might have had a chance. But they didn't understand their processes. They didn't understand pricing. They didn't understand their products. They didn't understand how to supply customers. They didn't understand the system. The training was too little, too late. The data loads created errors as they were not done as specified. We knew by 10 a.m. on the first day of trading that they had a disaster because their pricing was in a complete and utter mess because of the data loads. You see, in that country, the concept of list price was alien to them. Therefore, every single customer had a price set for every single product that they bought. Therefore, no customer 
should have been taking the list price on day one. By 10 a.m. running reports, we knew that many of the orders that were being processed were being processed using list prices. This indicated a disaster. But they believed they were a special case. Such a special case that they had a big celebration on the Friday of the successful implementation of their disaster. The two pricing managers didn't go to the celebration because they knew that they had to spend the time for that celebration trying to sort out some of the mess, trying to get their staff to be in a position where they could rectify things. The business was a basket case before they started. It was a bigger basket case once they'd finished. And probably the worst thing I heard in all in that project was the IT director said, we've given them a technically correct system. IT is not responsible if they can't use it. A person who says that should be out of the door. We next go on to Country D in 2015. This was probably the saddest project because this was a really good company with really great people who just didn't get it. They were implementing a SAP global template to replace a local system and they failed to capitalise on the functionality brought by the new system. They had a lack of appreciation of the changes required to existing processes the comment somebody made to me once the disaster had occurred was, no one told us that SAP is complex. Training was seen by many of the staff as optional. The regional business team comprehension of the system and commitment to making it work was pathetic. And there were weak project processes with jufties galore. And again, it was a great business brought to its knees. You see, they were a special case. They were unwilling to follow global best practice, which they should have implemented a year or so before their proposed go-live date, because then the global best practice would have been in operation in their business and we would have been delivering a system that supported the way they operated. As I've said before, they didn't appreciate that SAP is complex. And the project management team was full of jufties, only interested in getting their bonus for getting the system in on time. And the CEO of the organisation said the first company he was with that implemented SAP couldn't trade for some weeks. Most companies that can't trade for some weeks will be out of business. So those are some case studies of some of the nightmares I've seen. And if you've taken shortcuts, you'll be joining that list. Because things will go wrong. You will have sleepless nights for an extended period of time. Your competitors will love you. Your customers will leave. Your business will lose money. And it might even close or be sold off. If you have a disaster on your hands, it will be obvious very early on, frequently on day one. The brave thing is to stop your implementation. If it's Big Bang, you may have to unroll everything since go live and go back to the legacy system for a period of time. 
And yes, that may mean manual operation in the interim. That will mean lots of extra hours. But it will mean that you have a chance to survive. If you've got a phase rollout, and your first rollout should be relatively small, stop any further rollouts. Deal with the customers who are affected. Deal with them effectively. Find the faults and repair them properly. Be honest with everyone and try and repair the damage that you have done to your reputation because a disaster gets known very quickly. So how will you know if it's working properly? Well, to start off with, the atmosphere in the office or on your site. The reports that you're running, checking every aspect of how the system is running and where you find flaws, no matter how small they are, you need to correct them before any of your customers notice them. You need to publish. Don't hide the information you're getting from your reporting. Tell your team. Ask for war stories from your staff and publish them because others will benefit from the war stories. And actively seek the view from your customers. Be brave. Accept that your customers are the people who will be very truthful. It may be painful, but it's very important. Don't celebrate too soon. Get the first month's invoices paid by your customers. Understand the progress that the company has made. Then allow yourself a pat on the back. But that may be six months after go live. When the dust has settled and you've had a successful project, then a pat on the back is deserved. Talking Business is produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio in association with SFRD Services Limited. I'll be back in two weeks with the last episode in this series. <laughs>